Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. It has been several weeks since I have downloaded anything, mainly because we had to shift our worship a bit because of the Omicron variant and we were worshiping online, but we are back in person at all of our sites starting February 6th. So hopefully I will be able to provide these more often. We are also starting a new sermon series about dreams, and I'll talk about that in a second. But before we get to that, let's start with the scripture passage that I'll be focusing on today. This comes from the Gospel of Matthew. This is chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, a story of an angel coming to Joseph and how he responds. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, he will be called a Nazarene. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of God's word. So I mentioned a moment ago that we are starting a new sermon series, and whenever we do so, because now I've been in the ministry for almost 25 years, and so I have some experience with the topic that I can draw from. Obviously, I also want to learn lots of things and learn something new about whatever the passage that we are focusing on or the topic, but this topic was pretty much brand new for me about dreams and how they connect to our faith lives. So because of that, this week I was tempted to go down lots of different rabbit holes when it comes to dream interpretation and how it connects with a person who has a faith life. So, for example, I checked out a book from the library called God, Dreams, and Revelation and was reading through that. And I discovered a website called Sleep and Dream Database, which is a digital archive and search engine, which is devoted to the scientific study of dreaming. So, I went on that website for a while. And from what I can tell, anyone can go onto this database and recap or share a dream that they had and then various Academics, experts do the, not necessarily interpretation, but do the sorting and categorizing of what people are dreaming about. So again, from what I can tell, on this particular website, there have been 38,907 dreams that have been inputted. This is either from a person who had a first-hand experience of a dream or somebody who read about a dream, and so they wanted to describe it in this database. So analysis is done all kinds of interesting ways, including, this was one little graphic that I found fascinating, how a person's religious affiliation correlates with one's ability to remember a dream. So there's this chart, and I'll put this link in the Podbean page so you can look at it as well. So there is a category that says, how often do you remember your dreams? And one, the first uh, topic is, or first category is, almost every morning or more often. And the highest percentage of people of faith who remember their dreams is the Eastern or Greek Orthodox. 
So 23.8% of Eastern and Greek Orthodox individuals remember their dreams almost every morning or more often. The lowest, now I don't know how many people actually submitted dreams here, so don't take this into, or don't give this too much weight, but the lowest number of, uh, are people who are Hindu. And that's actually 0%. Almost <clears throat> every morning or more often they don't recall their dreams. But what was fascinating about all of this is that of those 38,907 dreams, almost half of them, 19,345, almost half of them have religion connected with their dreams in some way. So we see that dreams and a person's faith life are closely connected. And as I was reading about it this week, now I'm seeing dreams everywhere. I'm reading a book about St. Patrick who had two very significant dreams in his own life, in his own decision uh, to go and to be an evangelist to Ireland. So clearly, people are interested in dreams and how they connect with their faith life. Maybe you have a story like this. At our staff meeting last Tuesday, we talked about who among us have had dreams that have had a particular impact on our own lives. It's easy to see why. We can give lots of reasons, perhaps, why people are interested in connecting dreams with our faith lives. And the first one, probably, is there are several examples in the scriptures. One of the very first happens in the book of Genesis. You may have heard of the story or the phrase, Jacob's Ladder. Genesis 28, 11, and 12 says that he, that's Jacob, he came to a certain place and stayed there for a night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And of course, today, our passage in Joseph, but this is not the first time Joseph has had a dream, sensing that God is speaking to him in this dream. Matthew one twenty, an angel of the Lord visits Joseph and says in a dream, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Just a few verses before what we read today, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. And then we have today's passage, a couple of instances of angels, God speaking to Joseph in dreams, and it's a wonder if Joseph can get any sleep at all. So in looking at these stories, I think about dreams and whether or not they are a, I guess, legitimate way of sensing if God is interacting with us, speaking to us in our lives, I think we have to take a much bigger and ask a more basic, more foundational question. And that is, if you're a person of faith, wondering Does God intercede, act in our lives? Is God an active presence in our lives? And if so, if you answer yes, how? How does that play out? And I'm not saying necessarily that there's a right or wrong answer about that. I know people of faith, perhaps, who don't necessarily believe that God does directly intercede in a person's life, and there are different theological questions, and that takes us, speaking of rabbit holes, that takes us into other places Two, and good questions to ask. So for you, as you reflect on that question, does God intercede in your life? That's a big question. It may be impossible to quantify or quote-unquote prove, but maybe you can tell a story of how God seems to act or speak in lots of different ways. Maybe you can talk about a nudge that you had. 
or a time in your life when you had a word or image that came to your mind, a, a conversation that you had that provided real clarity and you sensed that God was speaking through that conversation or something just unexplainable occurring. And you cannot, for the life of you, think rationally about how this could be. And then you thought, I sense that perhaps this is God. This is the Spirit working in this instance or in my life. So, if your answer is yes, that you believe that God does intercede in your life, and if you believe that God is a creator God and a creative God, then I think we open ourselves up to believing that we can sense God's presence in dreams. I personally, I've tried to think about over my life, and I can't come up with one answer specifically when it comes to dreams, but I certainly am especially after this week and reading about it, leaving myself more open when people talk about how God might be interceding in dreams. Again, especially reading all the instances that we see in scriptures. So we're talking about this theme about how God works in our dreams, the themes that we might see in this topic. And also this month or in this sermon series, we are connecting it with Black History Month since we are now in February in the midst of Black History Month. So, in this series, in this month, we will find all the ways God works through our dreams and how God invites us to be dreamers ourselves, how we might dream through the way God speaks to us, how we might dream of grace, of liberation, of rest, of joy. And each sermon will also be looking at significant individuals throughout our country's history, notable black individuals and how dreams play a role or played a role in their lives. One example is Harriet Tubman, someone hopefully that you have heard about or know of, like Joseph. Harriet Tubman, in her life, received dreams. Sometimes they were called spells from God that directed and protected her on her perilous journeys to freedom from slavery and to free more than 70 other enslaved people. Now, there's been a lot of speculation as to the nature of these dreams. People will sometimes try to explain them away, and good meaning people, and I don't necessarily doubt what their conclusion is. Some say that perhaps Harriet Tubman had epilepsy or narcolepsy, stemming from brain damage sustained when her enslaver hit her with a stone when she was 12 years old. Others posit that she had an underlying neurological condition from birth, and these are the explanations of these dreams. But others believe and sense that, in fact, these were spiritual, supernatural gifts from God. In any case, or in any combination, these dream spaces were a place where Herod met God, and she received guidance on how to protect herself, her community, and all the people that she Free Throughout her life, she sensed that she had dreams about things even before they happened, the Nat Turner Slave Rebellion, her work with Frederick Douglass, John Brown, and other abolitionists, her success as a conductor of the Underground Railroad, her leadership as a spy and scout and guerrilla in the military conquest of the South, championing the women's suffrage movement, all of these things, sensing that she had dreams that were related to these important segments of her life. And throughout all of these times, throughout all of these dreams that she had, sensing that God was guiding her, that God was protecting her, she had a sense and knew that this was the Spirit at work. 
She had a quote once that said, throughout all of these dreams, she said, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. I always told him, she said, I trust you. I don't know where to go or what to do, but I expect you to lead me. And he always did. I think when we think about God guiding us, God leading us, God interceding in our lives, there has to be, or hopefully there is, a base of trust. A sense that, yes, God is there for me. And in some way or somehow, through a dream or through other way, God will guide, that God will protect. We trust perhaps that this is what Joseph felt in these dreams that he felt from God and trying to keep his family safe and also trying to figure out where to go next, that there was that trust. That trust is evident here with Harriet Tubman as well, as she was trying to get a sense of where to go, how to be led, where to be guided, that she trusted that God was there for her too. And I think for us now here, I'm not necessarily saying that God will always speak to you in dreams. But for us, I think we first must have a trust that God desires to guide us, that God desires to protect us, that God is wanting to lead us to a place that we might be able, in our own ways, be dreamers, as I noted earlier, that we can dream of grace, that we can dream of liberation for ourselves and for others, that we can dream of rest in times that we are worn out, that we can dream of joy in our lives too, trusting that God is doing that in so many different ways. And I've mentioned some of them earlier through prayer, through study scripture, through nature, through prayer, uh, through dreams, through nudges. Trusting that God is active, that we do not worship a passive God, that God is at work in our lives. I truly believe that. And I sometimes, to use a phrase, fall asleep to that fact. And yet there are instances, so many instances in my life where I have seen God show up in ways that have been profound and also perhaps a little trivial. A few years ago, we, uh, my family went on a week-long vacation where we spent four days camping in the Great Smoky Mountains. And on the day we packed up our gear and we decided to head east into North Carolina. So because we were in the mountains, I had to go old school. So there was no Google Maps. There was no Waze to, that I could call up on my GPS. I actually had to look at a paper map to figure out the best way to go where we wanted to to go or to um, finish up where we wanted to go. I looked on the map anyway. It looked like there were a couple of options. One was to go the shorter way, but that would include what looked like heading over some really curvy roads. The other option was to add more miles, but that we would have straighter highways And so we were on vacation, so I figured, let's take the curvy roads and let's see some beautiful scenery along the way. Well, you know, Robert Prost, the poet, says and encourages all of us to take the road less traveled, and often that is the case, and I affirm that. But, you know, sometimes uh, taking the 
sure way is the better way to do it because taking the curvy roads in this instance was a bad idea because these were probably the curviest roads I'd ever driven in my life. After seven miles or so of going about 20 miles per hour, constantly swerving left and right, I literally started to get a little nauseous. And I wasn't 100% sure we'd find the connection to Interstate 40. That's where we eventually wanted to end up. But just when I thought we were done with the curves, we saw a sign that said pavement ends. And I did a big gulp. And then a few hundred feet later, sure enough, a gravel road. And my heart sank. And I thought, where are we going? (laughs) I have no idea where I am. The thought of turning around, going all through those curves again, was unappealing at best. But then, as we're stopped there on that gravel road, my daughter said, look at the sign. We had stopped by a sign that told folks it was one of those directional signs that would show you where that gravel road was going to go. And so it was one of those signs that showed it was going to veer left. But that wasn't what my daughter saw. Instead, when she said, look at the sign, underneath that symbol, someone had taken a black magic marker and scribbled I-40 slash three miles. Somebody before me had sensed, this is hard to get around. And I trusted that what they were saying was keep following this graveyard or this gravel road and in three miles you will hit I-40. And I thought, all right, we will trust this mysterious message. And I was never more grateful for the defacing of a sign in my life. I trusted that person, that angel, as it were, writing the note. And sure enough, three miles later, we were on Interstate 40. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to say today that God put that sign in front of us, but I think it is a metaphor of sorts for us to be aware of the many ways that God is speaking to us and that God wants to intercede in our lives through all of the ways, including dreams. And so my question is, are you open to seeing the signs? Are you open to the fact that God might work to us in the days or the times and the hours when we're awake, and also if we believe that God is a 24-7 God, that God might also be speaking to us while we sleep. There is no telling how God might be guiding. But may we have the trust that Joseph had, the trust that Harriet Tubman had, a trust that believes that God is continually guiding, showing, speaking to us. May we, night or day, then have the ability to hear, to listen, to sense, and to trust that God will show us the way. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. As I noted, we will be continuing to Uh, focus on this theme throughout the month of September. Again, I hope that you will come check out one of our sites in the Chicagoland area, uh, or you can also now be part of our Urban Village online community. We have a 
small group of people who are now saying that Urban Village is my church online. And so uh, you can connect with our online pastor, Jennifer Stevens, about uh, the ways that they meet so that you can be part of Urban Village no matter where you live. So until the next time, friends, that we are together, may the peace of Christ be with you.